They've got him now. Oh, they've got him now. The Democrats have uncovered President Trump's, wait for it, secret Chinese bank account. They found that secret Chinese bank account in his tax records. All the blue check marks are talking about it. Oh, Alyssa Milano. Did you read her Twitter yesterday? China. Trump has a secret bank account in China for a number of years, paid more in taxes in China than he did federal income tax to the United States. Even Barack Obama is talking about the secret bank account on the campaign trail. We know that he continues to do business with China because he's got a secret Chinese bank account. How is that possible? How is that possible? A secret Chinese bank account. Listen, can you imagine if I had had a secret Chinese bank account when I was running for re-election? Well, Barack Obama obviously wouldn't have a secret Chinese bank account because he never did any business anywhere in his life. So he, he entered office and then he made a lot of money in office by selling his influence and selling his books and things like that. But how did they find that secret Chinese bank account from his tax records? I guess they, they went in and then if it was on the tax records, I guess it probably couldn't be secret. Sounds like it's all a bunch of nothing to distract away from Hunter and Joe Biden's business dealings in China. If that's the best October surprise they've got to deflect against the hard drive full of crimes that the Republicans have uncovered with regard to the Bidens, the next couple weeks are going to get very, very interesting. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment from yesterday from Aegis Reflector, who says, BLM, Biden's laptop matters. <laughs> That's the only BLM I want to hear about. That is absolutely true. Biden's laptop does matter. You're seeing a situation right now where the real scandal of the Hunter Biden laptop and the emails and the text messages showing lots of evidence of crimes being committed by the Biden family and apparently some evidence of underage girls is being pushed out of the news for completely BS narratives. The, the Trump secret bank account is just the tip of the iceberg because the, a secret bank account on your tax records is by definition not secret because you're reporting it on your tax records. But the, the BS narratives are going into overdrive, okay? This is not painting a very good picture of November for the Democrats. But you know what does paint nice pictures? Paintyourlife.com. That's what. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, you've got to try paintyourlife.com. You get a professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. You can choose from a team of world-class artists. You work with them until every detail is perfect. I just had one done of my mother. Uh, you can actually see it on my Instagram. If you go to my Instagram, you can see it's like, I think, one of the first uh, pictures up there. It was unbelievable. And I was working with the team, you know, back and forth and back and forth on, okay, I'll, here's the photo, but I don't want it to look exactly like the photo. I want the background to be a little bit different. You go back and forth the whole time and you get a custom made hand painted portrait. I had mine done in oil. You can order it in less than five minutes. And by the way, it gets done pretty quickly after that. Makes the perfect holiday gift for someone you love. And in my case, that someone is me. So I love me and... <laughs> I had it done. It's wonderful and it can really add a lot of beauty to your house. At paintyourlife.com, there is no risk. If you don't love your painting, your final painting, your money is refunded, guaranteed, and right now is a limited time offer. You get 20% off your painting, 20% off, and free shipping. To get this special offer, text Michael to 64,000. That is M I C H A E L to 64,000. Michael to 64,000. Text it, paint your life. 
celebrate the moments that matter most. The reason we're seeing the Dem narrative go into overdrive is because the Democrats do not have an October surprise and the Republicans do. So that they have to just contrive the October surprises. So they'll say, Trump, Trump called the troops losers or something. You say, well, do you have any evidence of that? They'll say, no. Okay. Or they'll say, Trump has a secret bank account. And they say, well, do you have any evidence of that? They'll say, yes, tax records. We'll say, well, then it's not secret. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is, well, Rudy Giuliani, this is my favorite one. This is my favorite one. They're cooking this up because Republicans have the October surprise. Republicans have the receipts and specifically Rudy Giuliani actually has the receipts. He's been breaking day by day by day, this Hunter Biden slash Joe Biden scandal. So they're going after Rudy. Here's the big story. You probably saw this on Twitter. Rudy Giuliani was filmed with his hands down his pants in a hotel room with a 15 year old girl. That's the story. Okay. That's the headline that you're seeing except that didn't happen. Rudy Giuliani was doing an interview for the new Borat movie. And obviously the way Borat now works is Borat just tries to, to get a bunch of Republican figures to humiliate themselves. So they go, they shoot in this hotel room and there wasn't a 15 year old girl there. There was a 24 year old girl there and they're in the room. And then there's this compromising photo of Rudy, Rudy Giuliani with his hand being tucked into his belt or underneath his belt rather. So what's happening here? Is Rudy in the midst of some obscene act, you know, like the act that Jeffrey Tubin just committed that the whole left wing is trying to say we should forgive and forget about and bring him back onto TV? Opinion articles about this going around all yesterday? No, it's not what's happening at all. Even according to the editorial director of Mother Jones, maybe the most far left wing outlet out there, no love lost between Mother Jones and Rudy Giuliani, uh, this guy tweets out, I have now seen the scene with Rudy Giuliani, and though it is creepy for other reasons, it is being described on Twitter in a false way. He does not have his hand down his pants in a sexual way. He is tucking his shirt back in after she untucks it, removing his mic. I knew this the minute I saw the story. I said, this, something about this story doesn't smell right to me. There's no video. No one can actually see the scene. They're trying to push this Borat movie, both to make money on the movie and they're releasing it around this time so that it can have an effect on the election. I said, okay, we're not getting the video. The movie was screened months ago and nobody brought this up then. And if, if you've ever done an interview, you know that when you take your microphone off, no matter where the mic pack is, it could be in your pocket, it could be down your pants, it could be in your, on the back of your belt, or where, but no matter where you put it, if the mic is being run up your shirt, your shirt will come undone. You've got to tuck your shirt back in. That happens to everybody. Well, why was he in the hotel room? Well, I don't know. I assume that the Borat crew had him filming in the hotel room. Why was Borat in the hotel room? Because he busted in after and then had the punchline apparently of the scene, which is no, no, she's 15. She's too old for you, <laughs> which is kind of funny writing. But the whole setup is, is pretty ugly because it's not legitimate. We, we now have evidence that Hunter Biden had underage pornography on his laptop. We know that Jeffrey Tubin just, uh, had a lot of fun with himself on a work call. Both of those being pushed out of the news, right? Both of these left-wing scandals, one in the media, one in the political realm. Because Rudy Giuliani tucked in his microphone, it's just a little too convenient and it's just BS. Now, another example of this. Another, I'll actually give you the left-wing and the right-wing example of this. So the narrative that we have seen in the recent weeks you saw it in Michigan. Now we've seen it elsewhere around the country is that fake is that rather that right-wing extremists are sending threatening emails to intimidate Democrat voters. 
This particular narrative started a few weeks ago with Gretchen Whitmer, where they said right-wing extremists are plotting to kidnap the, the Democratic governor of Michigan. So I, I bet that's not true. And then you find out who these people are, and they've got all big sorts of crazy earrings, and they've got anarchist signs on the back of the wall, and they hate Donald Trump, and they're obviously not, I don't know that they're necessarily left-wing extremists. They're certainly not right-wing extremists. They're probably just anarchists, and anarchy goes to the left. So this new one is that they're sending emails around to intimidate Democratic voters, except the director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, just confirmed on Wednesday that Iran, the world's leading state sponsor of terror, is the one behind the emails. Iran is sending the emails pretending to be right-wing extremists to try to damage President Donald Trump, and they just got caught doing it. Why are they doing this? Because Trump is tough on Iran, and Joe Biden sends them pallets of cash. That's why. So that narrative completely debunked. But there are intimidating messages that are being sent to voters. The, the reality is, though, those messages are coming from the Democrats. The reality of it is Democrats are threatening physical violence against Trump supporters. We've got the receipts. You know, you know sometimes when I go into an auto parts store, I, uh, I don't get my receipt because I don't know what part to get because I walk out of there. I would recommend going to rockauto.com instead because you go to Rock Auto, they've got all the parts available for your car or truck. They're a family-owned business. They have always reliable, low prices, and it's so simple, even I can navigate it, okay? You go to rockauto.com, you shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why on earth would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Or why would you go into the brick and mortar store when they're not even going to have the part and then they're going to go to rockauto.com, they're going to order it, and then they're going to charge you double. You can see all those parts uh, for your car or truck at a glance, a wonderful selection. Head on over to rockauto.com. And then, this is most important of all, in the how did you hear about us box, write Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, so that they know that we sent you. These guys have been in the business online basically for as long as there has been an online. And they always have great service and great parts available. Rockauto.com, write Knowles in their how did you hear about us box. And I promise you, you will not regret it. So the reality here is Democrats are sending these threatening messages. This is happening in New Hampshire. This is happening according to the uh, Milford Police Department. Trump supporters are receiving this message in the mail. Dear neighbor, you've been identified by our group as being a Trump supporter. Your address has been added to our database as a target when we attack should Trump not concede the election. We recommend that you check your home insurance policy and make sure that it is current and that it has adequate coverage for fire damage. You've been given fair warning. As always, it was you that started this civil war. Be prepared to face the severe consequences of your preemptive actions against democracy. This is probably just a bunch of little punks, you know, who aren't going to do anything. But the people receiving these messages can't rely on that because don't forget Democrats have been burning the country down for the last seven months. So you might say, Michael, uh, maybe this is a foreign power sending these physical messages to people in the middle of New Hampshire. You know, just like they're doing uh, over in Iran. I think that's probably unlikely. You know, I think if it were a foreign power, it would probably be cyber. Uh, but l let's say it, uh, it's possible. I mean, the Milford Police Department is treating this as though it's legitimate left-wingers who are sending these messages. But let's say it's an open question. The reason it's more likely that the Democrats are actually doing that is because the Democrats have actually been threatening Trump supporters with physical violence and committing physical violence against Trump supporters 
since April? I don't know. So when did they start burning the country down? They're still burning the country down since even before then. As always, the Democrats projecting, they're, they're accusing the Republicans of doing the very things that the Democrats themselves are doing. Got another narrative, BS narrative cooked up over the past month or so. That narrative is that Trump is not a patriot. Trump hates the troops. He's a vicious anti-American guy. Remember, they cooked up that fake story in the Atlantic and said, Trump called soldiers losers. He called them suckers. And this was confirmed with all anonymous sources. And then, then they called some more anonymous sources and the anonymous sources confirmed the anonymous sources. Meanwhile, you had 26 officials go on the record, even officials who don't like Trump and say, yeah, I was in the room, that never happened. So how do they cook that one up? They do it because they themselves very often don't like America. Ilhan Omar, you know Ilhan Omar. She's, she's the one who giggles at the, at the idea of Al-Qaeda and, and described 9-11 as some people did something. Ilhan Omar went on MSNBC to insist that she loves our country more than President Trump does. I mean, it's, it's really also just astonishing to see uh, the way in which he characterizes what love for our country is. Um, I would certainly reckon, you know, not only Somalis, but myself, um, the governor of Michigan, our speaker, all love this country um, way more than the, the president who is not only destroying the presidency, but everything this country stands for. So obviously that's not true, right? Nobody in their right mind believes that Ilhan Omar loves America more than Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't giggle at Al-Qaeda. Donald Trump doesn't give aid and comfort to our enemies around the world. Donald Trump doesn't describe 9-11 as some people did something. But just recently, just two days ago, I think, AOC and Ilhan Omar participated in an event with someone named Hassan Piker. I, uh, I did a panel with this guy once on some TV news show, and uh, th- he was very polite to me. I don't know, maybe he didn't want me to bring up some of the things he said in the past, but this is a very radical guy. So sometimes he's, he plays nice, sometimes he doesn't play so nice. One time he didn't play so nice was when he was describing Dan Crenshaw, you know, friend of the show, you've seen him before. Dan Crenshaw, who's a war hero, lost his eye in battle, defending our country against our enemies. Hassan Piker, I don't think he exhibited a whole lot of patriotism in his comments about Dan Crenshaw. This guy has the understanding of foreign policy uh, of like a 12-year-old. What the f***? What the f*** is wrong with this dude? Didn't he go to war and like literally lose his eye because some Mujahideen, a brave f***ing soldier, f***ed his eye hole with their Isn't that how he lost his f***ing eye? Because he got his f***ing eye hole? America deserved 9-11, dude. I'm saying it. All right. Well, that's, that's one opinion. Not my opinion. Not the opinion of people who love America. That is the opinion of people who hate America, who hate their country, who hate the troops, who do all the things that the left is accusing the right of doing. The left is accusing Trump of doing. And AOC and Ilhan Omar, two of the most prominent congressmen now in the Democratic caucus, just did a very happy-go-lucky event with him. It was a Twitch stream with Hassan Piker. And, uh, and that yet they continue to insist that they love their country more than Trump. Does anybody believe that? No. What they're really saying is, I hate my country, but I love what our country could be if I were permitted to transform it. I mean, this is the same argument that Barack Obama made. 
Barack Obama put it in nicer terms. He didn't talk like that guy, Hassan Piker. But he said essentially the same thing that the progressive left is saying when they associate with people who hate America. Namely, I, I promise to fundamentally transform America. Obama said he wanted to fundamentally transform America. And it is simply a fact that you don't try to fundamentally transform things that you love. You, you try to fundamentally transform things that you don't love to make them lovable to you. And that's what the left wants. And, th- and those are the stakes of this election because the left is promising yet again to fundamentally transform this country. Last time in 2016, Mike Anton over at the Claremont Institute uh, wrote something called the Flight 93 essay. Big essay, right? This essay gave kind of the intellectual framework for Trumpism. And he said that the 2016 election is like the Flight 93 uh, incident where you had terrorists take over the plane and you had heroes get up and storm the cockpit. And they knew that if they stormed the cockpit, there was still a very good chance the plane was going to crash. But they knew that if they didn't storm the cockpit, the plane was certainly going to crash. So it was the only option available to them almost a desperate, not quite desperate in the sense that there was still a little hope that it could go, go well, but they just knew the, the only way to exhibit any courage here is to just go out and take the chance I've got. And Mike Anton said that there's a political analogy here, which is that Trump is our guy that we know Hillary is going to, I don't know, I'm mixing metaphors, but drive the country off a cliff as Barack Obama used to say. And we know that that's going to happen. And we don't know about Donald Trump. So you got to go for Donald Trump. Now people are going to say, well, what is this another flight 93? Is this another flight 93? Mike Anton says in his new book, yeah, they're all going to be flight 93 elections until we can write this, this radicalism that is, that is going on in the country. Every single one of these, it's actually going to become more urgent than the last election because the demands are going to get more radical. Now, one thing I've noticed about demands is that women demand that men have nice hair. I've noticed this. I don't know if it just happened to me. Maybe you've noticed it too. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have hair left. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription. Now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They make it easy. They deliver your medication every three months so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. Keeps offers generic versions of the only two FDA approved hair loss products out there. You may have tried them before, but you've probably never tried them for this price. You know I'm no hulking Adonis of a man, okay? I'm not not, uh, telling any tales at a school, okay? I say this with all no false modesty. One thing I've always had going in the lady department is my hair. And you should try to keep your hair as well. If you're ready to take action to prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. Receive your first month of treatment for free. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Knowles. Keeps and keep your hair. Head on over there right now. So Mike Anton's point is it's always going to get more and more and more urgent. You see it in that letter that these Republicans are getting in North Carolina, not North Carolina, in New Hampshire, which is that we're going to have a civil war if Trump wins. How dare you? You can't let Trump win. And so they're getting increasingly desperate. However, before we move on to to some of the other way, the election's shaking out because there is good news, I do have to get to the most ridiculous narrative of all. Forget about the Giuliani nonsense. Forget about Donald Trump's secret bank account that we all knew about. It was on his taxes. Forget about all of that. The most ridiculous narrative that the left is pushing right now is that President Trump is envious 
of Hillary Clinton. Here is Chelsea Clinton pushing this idea. He's obsessed with her. I mean, he talks about her all the time. He talks about her in interviews. He talks about her in rallies. He tweets about her. And I think it's really clear that he has never gotten over the fact that she won the popular vote by more than three million votes. And I think that uh, he's also really threatened by strong, powerful women. You know, I don't think Mm -hmm. it's an accident that we saw kind of how he reacted to Senator Harris's extraordinary debate performance. Um, which similarly he felt quite threatened by. So uh, I'm not surprised, although I certainly wish Mm -hmm. he spent more time thinking about what to do about our COVID crisis than thinking about my mom. Kamala Harris looked like she was going to cry during that debate because Mike Pence was rocking her so horribly, first of all. Second of all, Trump, I don't think is threatened by strong, tough women. Uh, His campaign was run by the first woman ever to run a successful presidential campaign, Kellyanne Conway, kept her in the White House as long as he possibly could. Sarah Sanders, pretty strong to me. Kayleigh McEnany, pretty strong to me. Hope Hicks, pretty strong to me. He surrounded himself with more top female advisors than like any president in history. And then the popular vote. He's, he's, He's so bothered that Hillary won the popular vote. The popular vote and a buck 50 will get you a cup of coffee. There, the popular vote is completely meaningless. We have a federal system in this country. We have states in this country. We have a constitution that sets up how presidential elections work. They don't work on a national vote because this is not just the United Individuals of America. It's the United States of America. And the states play a role. And I don't think that Donald Trump sitting in the Oval Office has to envy Hillary Clinton, who's wandering, screaming with her broomstick through the woods of Chappaqua. Something tells me not very believable. Actually, the only better and more ridiculous narrative being spun right now than that, the only more preposterous narrative being spun, and you're seeing this crop up, you've been seeing it crop up for a few months, is just as social media are suppressing the New York Post, the oldest continually published daily newspaper in the country founded by Alexander Hamilton, because they're attacking Joe Biden. Just as conservatives are being kicked off, including the White House press secretary, just as today I tried to retweet something, but it was negative about Biden, a big pop-up came up and it said, read past the headline. The headline doesn't say everything. Are you sure you want to retweet this? I say, yeah, sure. And then when you try to retweet it, you can't retweet it. You've got, it goes to a comment tweet and they're just doing everything they can to suppress it. Amid all of this, Facebook doing it as well, Google less so right now because they're afraid of getting broken up by the DOJ, but they also do it. The left is trying to argue that social media are biased in favor of conservatives. I kid you not. I kid you not. They're making this argument that Zuckerberg is in bed with Ben Shapiro and Dan Bongino and whatever, all these conservative people. I can promise you I've never shared a bed with Mark Zuckerberg, first of all. But they use these completely false lines of attack. They say that Republicans get more engagement and or conservatives get more engagement on, on Facebook, for instance, which is the one they, they usually hone in on. Conservatives get more engagement than liberals. That's not true. Not true at all. Not even close to true. They say that uh, conservatives have a, wi- have a wider reach than liberals. Not true. Not even close to true. Jeremy actually just launched a new podcast about this called Enough. He has a great episode that just came out. I think it's called enough about this nonsense. He goes through the numbers. I highly recommend you subscribe to it. It's on, on all the podcast platforms. Uh, go check it out once you finish listening to the show because it completely knocks it down. And they're going to try to use this argument to completely kick conservatives off of social media if, heaven forfend, 
Joe Biden wins the presidential election. That's, that's the most ridiculous of all. Forget the Giuliani stuff, everything like that. The media are obviously very insecure about this fact. You can tell that the media and the big tech and the Democratic elected officials are insecure because they explode whenever you call them on it. Uh, Susan Ferecchio from the Washington Examiner was just speaking with Brian Stelter. You know Brian Stelter of, of CNN fame. And she brought up how the press are not asking Joe Biden about anything. They're not asking him about any of the scandals that have cropped up. Brian Stelter, I thought his head was going to explode. He's running for president of the United States. And this is serious. These, this is not last year's news. It's whether or not his son was coordinating to get him to talk to these Ukraine oligarchs and he was benefiting from it. I mean, it's just, it's, it's really dirty. Okay, and Brian, it, it Brian, needs to be looked at. Forgive me, Brian Stelter, then I want to move on to the Google, which is a related story. Brian. I, you know, uh, you, I, I said it was last season. You're saying it's new. Uh, I think bottom line is we don't know what is real and what is fake in these emails, if there is anything real in them. Yeah, but and that didn't stop any from, from, from reporting the Mueller and the dossier and all that I stuff. You're bitter. Now, I understand that you have a lot of resentment uh, about this. Now, now we have ethics. Okay, now I, we have ethics. Now that now it's da- don't you dare. Don't you dare act like newsrooms didn't have ethics in 2017 and 2018. Well, I know they do. You can don't dare me all you want, Brian. I've been doing this for 30 years. So say whatever you want. It's my view. And I have a right to say it. I was invited on the show. Your view is that the news media was unethical with Mueller? Hang on, say one other time. I don't quite get what you're just... It's my view. Yes, the news media were unethical with Mueller and with every other hoax of the past four years. What they're saying now, what Brian Stelter is saying now is we don't want to ask Joe Biden about the document dump that we just saw that shows collusion and corruption and whatever other nefarious crime they accused Trump of for the past four years that shows Joe Biden committing those crimes in Ukraine and China. We don't want to ask him about that because we don't know if it's true. You're journalists, you're reporters, you're supposed to find out if it's true. Right now you're using this lame excuse that it's Russian disinformation. The director of national intelligence and the DOJ and the FBI all came out and said, that's BS. It's not Russian disinformation. So how about you ask about it? You didn't mind asking about the completely fabricated Christopher Steele dossier, which was paid for by the Hillary campaign and the Democrats. You didn't mind asking him about that. You asked about that all the time. You don't mind asking about this ridiculous conspiracy theory that Donald Trump is a white supremacist that nobody ever floated until he ran for president as a Republican, that he disavows, disavows all the time. You don't mind about that. You don't mind asking about the, the taxes or the Stormy Daniels or whatever, all the nonsense. They have no ethics whatsoever. And the reason he's exploding about it is because he knows it. You know, these things, they get me really worked up. And when I get really worked up, sometimes I want to work out. And that's why I use my Total Gym. Total Gym, new partner to the show. I am so honored to be a partner with Total Gym. You will remember Total Gym if you have been watching TV for any time in the past, I don't know, 20 years. Because you have Chuck Norris and Christy Brinkley are the ones who are always talking about the Total Gym. And I'm very honored now to join that powerful duo. I want, I want, when people think of, of Chuck Norris, I want them to think Chuck Norris and, and Christy Brinkley and Michael Knowles. Yeah, that's very, 
you know, I, I want there to be jokes on the internet about me and Chuck, like, you know, beneath my beard, there's another fist or whatever. I'm, I'm very excited, not just about Chuck Norris, but about the gym itself, because now I'm going to look like Chuck Norris. They've got the total gym fit, gives me a full body workout in the comfort of my home for about half the price of those expensive fitness bikes. You know what I'm talking about. You can do over 85 exercises on one machine. And what makes it so effective is that it works every muscle group using 12 levels of resistance. You can work your core, your arms, your shoulders, your biceps, your thighs, your whole body, and a complete workout takes just 10 to 20 minutes a day, which means it's simple enough, even I can do it. <laughs> even I am willing to do it. And now they have Total Gym TV, by the way, with total, tons of on-demand workouts. We're all busier than ever these days. Why would you go out to a gym when you can work out in the comfort of your own home? Head on over right now. Total Gym's offering a 30-day in-home trial on the Total Gym Fit for just $1. $1. So what do you have to lose? No matter which total gym you try, my listeners can get an additional 20% off whatever discount they're currently running. So it's not just 20% off total. It's whatever discount they're currently running, take another 20% off. TotalGymDirect.com slash Knowles. Head on over there to get this offer. TotalGymDirect.com slash Knowles. Get an additional 20% off. Or you can just call them and talk to an actual human being at 1-800-311-7166. one 7166 I do have to get to a little bit of good news right now about the election, which is, which is a, a good poll for President Trump. But before I get that, I want to cross the pond, head on over to the United Kingdom, because there is a British member of parliament who is focusing in on one of the key sources of rot in our civilization and in our culture. And it's affecting not just the US, not just the UK, it's affecting the whole Western world. And that, this is something called critical race theory. It comes from critical theory. You've heard us mention this on the show a little bit sometimes. Critical theory is actually a pretty simple theory. The theory is to criticize. This was developed by neo-Marxists in the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, really, though, it, it developed out of the Frankfurt School, especially in the 1930s and 40s. And the idea is to engage in what Marx called the ruthless criticism of everything that exists. This is where we get political correctness from in large part. The idea that we're going to completely subvert the old standards of our civilization. So there's this great MP, uh, Dawn Butler in the UK, or I'm sorry, the the MP, uh, Dawn Butler is a labor MP, but the women and equalities minister, Kemi Badenoch, is, uh, is calling out this critical race theory. Take a listen to this absolute evisceration. Our curriculum does not need decolonizing for the simple reason that it is not colonized. We should not apologize for the fact that British children primarily study the history of these islands. And it goes without saying that the recent fad to decolonize maths, decolonize engineering, decolonize the sciences that we have seen across our universities to make race the defining principle of what is studied is not just misguided, but actively opposed to the fundamental purpose of education. The curriculum by its very nature is limited. There are a finite number of hours to teach any subject. And what we haven't heard in this debate from those members who want more added to it on both sides of the house is what necessarily must be taken out. Perhaps we'll get to that on another day. I love this point. And it's one that I don't hear conservatives making and we should all listen to this lady, which is what the left says when they want to get rid of Shakespeare at Yale at, in, at a, as a course requirement in the English department, or they want to get rid of Chaucer or whatever, or they want to teach some BS revisionist history instead of the real history. What they say is, we want to expand the curriculum. 
We want to decolonize the curriculum, which the idea that you're going to decolonize the English department by taking Shakespeare out, I think maybe you don't understand the meaning of the word colonize. I don't, colonize is when you have a, a power go into a foreign land and control it. Shakespeare is not foreign to English. Shakespeare in many ways invented the English language. <laughs> he certainly contributed greatly to our modern English. The idea that because you've got old white guys in an English curriculum, that's colonization, is very silly when you remember that uh, the English people are white and writers for most of history have been men and good writers are dead, generally speaking, because there have been a lot more there's been a lot more time in the history of the English language than what we're living in right now. She hits on all of that. But then she goes to this point, she says, we can't just kind of outsource this idea and say, well, we'll expand it. We'll just have choice. And maybe some people want to read Shakespeare. Maybe some people want to read, I don't know, slam poetry. And, you know, we'll just have choice and choice and choice. You can't do that. There are only so many hours in the day. You yourself, the educator, have to make choices. Every extra minute you spend reading slam poetry, you're not going to be reading Shakespeare. Every minute you spend reading the 1619 Project, you're not going to be reading true history. You have to make those choices. Education is limited. Education is coercive. You've got to teach people things. Sometimes you hear the slogan that it's not uh, that we want to teach people what to think. We, we just want to teach them how to think. But that is a completely meaningless slogan. You cannot teach people how to think without teaching them what to think. If I want to teach people how to think about mathematics, I have to teach them that 2 plus 2 equals 4. That's a fact that I'm teaching them. If I want to teach someone how to think about ethics and philosophy, I have to teach them that it is wrong to commit murder or that it is wrong to steal. And, you know, the left has no problem with this. The left will teach you that it is not wrong to commit murder through abortion or that it is not wrong to steal through confiscatory policies or outright looting. That's what they're going to tell you. And then that's going to teach you how to think. And if you have that kind of an education, it's, going to, it's not going to teach you how to think very well. It, it does matter what we teach. We have to get past this idea that we're afraid to make su substantive moral statements, that we're afraid to say, to suppress stupid views. We do. We have to. If you're going to teach that 2 plus 2 equals 4, you have to suppress the stupid view that 2 plus 2 equals 5. If you're going to teach that America was founded in 1776 or 1620 for that matter, you, you have to suppress, you have to shut down, you have to reject the stupid view that America was founded in 1619. That is how you teach people. That lady in the UK gets it. We should get it over here as well. One last good piece of news, a uh, very top pollster, the Trafalgar Group chief pollster, Rudy Cahaley got 2016 mostly right, showed Donald Trump leading Hillary Clinton in key battleground states, and Trump won all three of those, Pennsylvania, Florida, and Michigan. He is calling Trump to win again in 2020. I know we're all worried about the polls and the polls and the polls, but this guy does have a really good record. I'm not saying this is a guarantee that Trump's going to win, but it is definitely a good sign in his favor. It's a good, uh, I would say, when you're, when you're planning out your future, you know, when you're trying to figure out how to invest in your, in your own future, then you want to take in good information. This guy is more reliable than a lot of the other people out there. Another way to invest in your future is gold. You know, gold has been skyrocketing lately. And now there's a way to buy gold 
through a company called Acre. Acre lets you subscribe to gold bars for as little as $30 a month. You pay each month, and once your gold stash reaches the price of their gold bars, they discreetly ship Acre Gold to your house. Acre lets you invest in physical gold without coming out of pocket all at once. Acre keeps you updated on your gold stash every month, and it ships once you reach that price threshold. Because I think, listen, I'd like to invest in gold, but we don't all have uh, the equivalent of gold bars lying around in cash. It's fine. You can start investing now. And once you hit that price threshold, you will get your gold bars. Go to getacre.com slash Knowles and start investing in physical gold today. Make sure you go to this URL because Acre is giving away a gold bar. They are just giving one away. To qualify for the giveaway, tweet or post why you should be the recipient and mention at get underscore Acre. That is G-E-T underscore A-C-R-E. That is getacregold.com slash Knowles. Thank you, Acre Gold, for supporting this show. We really appreciate it. Also, we're going to have a backstage tonight. You know, we've got the final presidential debate. They're going to try to mute Trump's microphone. Trump's not going to have it. Fireworks will fly. Join us for the Daily Wire backstage at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 p.m. Pacific for this all-new episode. Join Daily Wire now as an insider or all-access member. Get 20%, 20% off with code DEBATE so you can watch all the debate coverage live on our Apple TV or Roku app. We will be right back with the mailbag. First question from Isaac. Dear Michael, according to the Catholic Voter Guide, Biden sides more with Catholic values. Uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Best regards. Yeah, the Catholic Voter Guide is complete nonsense. I, I took a look at this as well. This is, I, I think it may be put out with the approval of the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops. I once spoke to a priest who told me he was considering writing his own blank book on the order of my blank book. With my blank book is Reasons to Vote for Democrats. He was suggesting the wisdom of the U.S. Council of Catholic Bishops. <laughs> a lot of mistakes get made. I, I took a quick look at the voter guide. Some parts of it are just outright lies. They're saying that Biden aligns more with Catholic values because he promotes peace and opposes preemptive war. And with Trump, that's either inconclusive or it does not align with Catholic values. Joe Biden voted for the war in Iraq, for the preemptive war in Iraq. Donald Trump opposed the war in Iraq. The Catholic Voter Guide got that exactly backwards. Uh, another, another problem with the Catholic Voter Guide, they're saying that a federal jobs guarantee, a 100% jobs guarantee is a Catholic value. That is not true. That is socialism or communism, which is explicitly forbidden in the Catholic Church, in the catechism, and by many, many popes and saints. Actually, I'm reading a great book now, Witness by Whitaker Chambers, one of the great books of, of American political literature. Uh, and he, Chambers, who's an ex-communist, describes communism as the the world's second old, oldest religion. The first one is true religion, and the world's second oldest religion is communism, because communism is basically just the choice between believing in God or believing in man, believing in grace and, and in God, or believing in the mind of man, trying to be as gods. goes back all the way to the Garden of Eden. So yeah, not a Catholic value. Another, another issue it had is they talked about how we need equal pay, and we need high women's employment, and Biden aligns with those Catholic values, and, and Trump does not. First of all, women's employment is not a Catholic value. I think the Catholic Church is perfectly fine if women want to stay home and raise their kids. I don't think they're saying, you got to go to the widget factory and become a middle manager. Also, equal pay already exists. The idea that women make 25, 75 cents on the dollar is just not true. 
But, but even if, let's say female unemployment were a Catholic value, you know, women all have to go into the workforce. Trump still aligns best with Catholic values because you have the lowest women's unemployment rate practically ever. Another one is they said Joe Biden is better on social security, which is a Catholic value. Trump is pro-social security. That's, that's not inconclusive. That is conclusive for Trump. He said, I'm not going to touch your social security. Open borders is not a Catholic value, though the voter guide suggests that it is. It goes on and on and on. So one way to think about this is, first of all, even if the, the voter guide had no issues for the rest of it, it is simply the case that some issues are more important than others, such as abortion. Abortion is much more important than some issue about taxation or something like that. So even, even if Biden aligned on so many other issues, but he were f- in favor of abortion and taxpayer-funded abortion, that's a deal breaker. The Catholic Voter Guide is wrong on issues of politics, on those political points, also wrong about the Catholic Church. And I would recommend ignoring it. From Julia. Dear Mr. Knowles, my name is Julia. I am a 16-year-old black and Dutch conservative. My family and I live in the Netherlands, but love to follow American politics. My mom came, came up with the idea to move to the U.S. for a year with me, her, my little sister, and my best friend. I think this might be an interesting adventure, but I'm not sure. What are your thoughts on this, and where do you think we should live if we move? Yours sincerely. P.S. I'm a big fan, and you and your show got me into reading the Bible with my family. That's so great. I'm very glad to hear that, Julia. And I would love for you to come to America because it sounds like you've got a great head on your shoulders and you could maybe help us out over here. But I will tell you, things are a little turbulent right now in the United States. I would recommend coming after the election. I suspect you're probably not going to come before the election. Uh, If you do come, uh, if you would ask me this five years ago, I'd say, go to New York center of the universe, the most fun place in the world. Or even LA, come out to LA, right? These are, they're left-wing cities, but you know, they're very nice. They're fun. They're exciting. You can, there's a lot of opportunity there. There's a lot of conservatives there too. Because of COVID, they're not so fun. New York has basically been completely broken. I think something like 60% of restaurants, they're expected to go out of business. People are fleeing the city. Same thing in LA. Things that are not going very well in LA. One thing you're seeing in, in America right now is the country is balkanizing. Conservatives are going to red states. Leftists are going to blue states. Daily Wire is moving to Tennessee for this reason. You sort of have to do it. They've backed us into a corner here. So you might consider moving to a red state, but you might want a city there too. I would recommend Nashville. Nashville is a pretty great place. You might have fun. If you haven't visited New York yet, it is a great city. I think right now, though, it's just been completely destroyed. Washington, D.C. is great. I love D.C. It's another place to go. But my recommendation, I don't know, it just popped into my head, is Nashville. Great place. From Paul. Michael, is Matt Walsh a clone of Jeremy Boring or vice versa? It's a great question. Scientists have debated this for a long time. I think what they did is that one night, the uh, Opus Dei, and the Knights of Malta and various secret Catholic groups kidnapped Jeremy Boring, cloned him, and then just injected him with a, with a huge amount of Catholicism, which obviously Jeremy himself, not very Catholic. And then out of that laboratory popped Matt Walsh. So that's, I think that's the, the chronological order. From Mitch, could President Trump, when he walks into two, Thursday night's debate, possibly strut out and slap a bumper sticker on the front of his podium that simply reads, I denounce all forms of racism, white supremacy, and neo-Nazis. I know the vast majority of Americans are undoubtedly unclear as to his position on the matter. Just thought this could be a solution to clear it up once and for all and allow the moderator 
to focus on more pressing matters of substance. All hail the exalted Dr. Fauci, peace be upon him. Yeah, it's a very good idea because it, very likely it's the only way that Trump is going to get a word in edgewise at tonight's debate. They're going to control the microphones and they're saying they're not going to let the microphones be turned on while the other person is speaking which really means they're just going to use this to cut off Trump. Although I was talking to Drew Clavin about this yesterday. He thinks it might be used to cut off Biden when he starts rambling incoherently if Trump gives him the chance to speak. So yes, I agree. The way to get around the media is to smack a bumper sticker on it or to do what President Trump has done, kind of create such a big show that the media are not allowed to look away. And then while you're doing that show, you get your message out. It's why people who criticize Trump for the tweets or for some of the eccentric behavior, they don't get it. The eccentric behavior in the tweets are the way that he gets the camera on him so that he can get his message through. It, it's inefficient, I, I grant you, but notice that Trump is the only president who's been able to break through to the American people probably since Ronald Reagan, maybe even more so. From Joshua, one more. Based on the polls in 2016, I do not trust them currently. I think if the president is within four to five points in battleground states in the polls, he wins those states. Your thoughts? I agree. I agree. I was talking to Dave Rubin about this actually yesterday. Uh, and Adam Carolla, actually, for that. We were kind of all chatting about what, what do the polls mean? And one of these guys was saying, nobody is a Biden voter who is not going to tell the pollsters that he's a Biden voter, right? Nobody is the embarrassed Biden voter who's afraid of voicing his political opinion. So whatever percentage of people are saying they're going to vote for Biden, they're, they're really going to vote for Biden. Now, there are, there are Trump voters who are pretending to be Biden voters because they're afraid. Or there are Trump voters who are saying they don't, they're undecided or they're not going to vote or something because they're afraid. So it seems to me Biden is probably capped where he is in the polls. Whereas Trump, I think there are some hidden voters in there who, because of our political climate, they don't want to get a brick thrown in through their window. So they're they're going to play it a little bit cooler. I, I think that's a good way to read the polls. We'll see. Different polls are different. I mentioned the Trafalgar poll. It's got a pretty good record. But generally speaking, I, I look at the polls as instruments of shaping public opinion rather than reflecting them. And the only poll that matters is the one on election day. All right, that's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, and frankly, even if you didn't, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Klavan Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Assistant director, Pavel Wadowski. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Robin Fenderson. Hair and makeup, Nika Geneva. And production assistant, Ryan Love. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith. Those are fundamental and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. Mm -hmm.